Good morning, Maranatha. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I'm so glad to be uh, right here today with you at this time that we are uh, set apart and set aside to come apart and gather around the Word of God. If we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now, the old song says. And if we ever needed His Word before, we sure do need it now, because His Word is a lamp unto our feet, as David said, and a light unto our pathway. And that brings us to the title of our message today. Amen. The certain path to true peace. The certain path to true peace. Now, there's a lot of avenues. There's a lot of highways. There's a lot of byways. But there's only one certain path to true peace. And it's the same path that leads to true salvation. Praise God. So we want to rediscover something here today, amen, that we need to rediscover and reiterate to this generation. Now, I'm 74 years old, so when we talk, start talking about old pathways, some people are going to say, yeah, yeah, that was your day, this is our day. There's a lot of churches today that are called progressive in the sense that they are leaving the old pathways, and they are devising new, easier, more socially acceptable and politically correct ways to come to God and to follow Christ, and it's drawing crowds of people. A friend of mine, I would caution you today, amen, to get in the Word of God for yourself. The Bible said, search the Scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they be they that testify of Christ. Friend of mine, we need to become followers of Jesus Christ instead of following what's trending. We need to be following what is true. How we need, amen, a return to the ancient pathways. In fact, in order to go forward, we have to go back first. That's why the scripture says, return unto me, God to ancient Israel, return unto me, and I will return unto you. So we're going to be talking about the certain path to true peace. Listen to Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. It says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths wherein is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your soul. But they said, we will not walk therein. A contemporary version reads, so now the Lord says, stop right where you are, Look for the old godly way. Now, if you're going to look for that today, you're going to have to look for it in the Word of God. You're not going to find it in contemporary progressive churches or preaching. You're not going to find it there. If you're serious about 
achieving peace with God and experiencing the peace of God, you have to go back to the Word of God. I love that Bible broadcast title that said, Back to the Bible. Praise God. Because if we get back to the Word of God, we're going to find that, just like David said, it's a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my pathway. And there are people who will see it in the Word, but they will cast it off and say, I don't want to walk that path. Well, friend of mine, it's the only path that leads to true salvation. It's the only path, therefore, that leads to peace with God. And therefore, it's the only path path that will lead to the peace of God reigning in your heart and in your mind. A contemporary version reads, So now the Lord says, Stop right where you are. Look for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. But you reply, No, that's not the road we want. Man's search for peace within, I want to declare this today, has taken many turns down through the centuries. Even in ancient Israel, a culture so rich in the revelation of God's holy standards, a culture so schooled by the patriarchs and the prophets in God's eternal guidelines to live pleasing to their God and at peace with themselves, they left the old paths and went their own way. At the time of this writing, false prophets have promised a false peace. And Jeremiah was sent to call them back to the old paths that lead to true peace and blessing. Israel, just like America today, was at a crossroads. One translation says, this is what the Lord God says, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your soul. But you said we will not walk in it. With all the modern advancements in our 21st century culture, with its new age teachings, new world order, world view, its new approach to education, new definition of family, its new morality of situation ethics, and with all its intellectuals and self-help gurus, Peace still eludes modern man. And I'm going to tell you, true peace still eludes modern day approach to the gospel. According to the Associated Press and, and, and the Tampa Tribune, uh, there is more people being hooked on prescription drugs, not just the, the drug culture of street drugs, but prescription drugs because people are fighting depression and they're fighting all of this discouragement and fear that is gripping the end world. And I'm not talking about since the pandemic. I'm talking about living in a fallen, sin-darkened world. I want to submit to you that we, like ancient Israel, are at a crossroad. We can continue to find new ways to try to cope with the pressure of living in a sin-sick world, or we can choose the God-proven, God-given path to peace. 
Words like godliness and holiness and sanctification seem outdated and irrelevant to the new gospel. They involve an attitude of submission to God's commands. They still lead, though, to rest, and they still lead to peace today. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, Jesus says, Ho, you that labor and are heavy laden, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' great call and challenge, come unto me. Friend of mine, sin is still the issue and Christ is still the answer. There's a wonderful release when the burden of guilt and sin is removed from us. The tension between a holy God who cannot abide our sin gives way to sweet peace when we find reconciliation and acceptance with God. It's an ancient path, but it's the only path to true peace. Peace with God. And then to experience the peace of God. In John 14, in verse 6, it said, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Not a way, but the way. I am the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. When he said, I am the way, that word way in the Greek is hados, and it means a well-traveled way or a road, a well-traveled road. You see, Jesus is the pathway to peace with God. Christ is the bridge that spans the awful gap between God and fallen man. He's the truth, and He is the life. He's the only way to God, and that's why He cries, Come unto me, you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. So the first step on the path to peace is come to Christ as your Savior, your Lord and your Savior. He's the way to God. He's the way to eternal life. He's the way to heaven. And His rest is not just temporary. It is eternal. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad I know Jesus today. We don't need a new gospel, dear friend. We need to get back to the original. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in spirit, and you shall find rest for your soul. The first call is the call to salvation. The second is the call to discipleship. Not mere decidedship. You know, we can sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Listen, you've got to more than decide to follow Jesus. You've got to commit yourself to follow Jesus. You know what that involves? Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's a far cry from the indulge yourself. Come to Jesus and get everything your flesh could possibly desire. No, Come to Jesus and recognize, amen, that, that, that He can give you in, in, in salvation, in, in the promise of walking with us through this fallen world and the promise of eternal life far more than anything the world could ever offer us. 
Praise God. It's not even to be compared with what the world offers us. That's why his peace is not as the world gives. Praise God. Taking his yoke is symbolic of submitting to him and becoming his disciple. Because the yoke is a symbol and a condition of servitude. 1 Timothy 6, 1 says, Let as many servants that are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. The original gospel required a full-blown, all-out commitment to Christ's lordship. It produced harmony and fellowship with God. No tension between God's will and our will, resulting in rest for our soul, a sweet satisfaction and a sublime peace. In fact, it is a surrender that brings serenity. Rest for your soul. A disciple in the biblical sense doesn't just know what his master knows or teaches he's becoming what his master is hallelujah you know what the bible said in ephesians 5 it says be ye followers of god as dear children and walk in love even as christ amen be ye followers of god means an imitator of god It means setting our life according to the standards He has set for our life. It's godliness. Amen. You know, the Bible said of grace that's been so abused and misused to accommodate sin and self. It says of grace, to the true grace, for the grace of God that has appeared to all men, teaching us that we should live godly and righteously in this present world. Listen, godly, godlike, be ye followers of God as dear children, and walk in love even as Christ. You see, the standard for following Jesus is this, amen. And it's an ancient path. I understand that. I get that. But it is the only path to becoming a true disciple of Jesus. He didn't just say, go and get everybody saved and let them live for the devil the rest of their life. He said, go and make disciples unto me of all nations. And and this is the prerequisite and the imperative for becoming a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, not just knowing what your master knows, but becoming what your master is. Hallelujah. There's a vast difference in just knowing it in your head and experiencing it in your heart and letting it become part of your life. I remember when the movie Gandhi came out about the life of Gandhi and 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 it was pray, played by an English actor. And this is what he said when he won the Academy Award for playing Gandhi. He said, "Listen. He said Gandhi is the real hero. The real focus here should be the focus of our attention." He said, "I am an actor. I just fleshed him out." Oh, friend of mine, we should be people 
that are, that are following Jesus in such a way that we are fleshing him out. We're living out the gospel by living out that, that nature of Jesus within us, that nature of God through Jesus within us. Praise God. You know, the scripture said, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's why the prerequisite for following Jesus is, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, not indulge himself, but deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Friend of mine, if you can't deny self, you will never take up the cross because the cross is where a crucifixion occurs. The cross is where we come to an end of ourself. The new cross that we are asked to carry is a cross that gives us all the benefits and blessings of this present world and none of the real supernatural, eternal blessings that only God can grant and only God can give. The old cross led us to an end of ourself, but the beginning of a life beyond ourself, a joy that is beyond anything this world could offer, a peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. And a life that is free from the tension that comes between our will and God's will for us. Oh, thank God when we take his yoke upon us, this is his yoke. Listen, he said, Christ said, in the volume of the book it is written, I came to do thy will, O God. And in the garden, Jesus said, if there's any other way, let this pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. Praise God. When the Bible spoke of Paul, it said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, that doesn't really do it justice. It's the word doulos, and it means a bond slave of Jesus, a full-blown commitment to Christ. And he found peace in that, and he found joy in that. You know, when he was in prison, he was still preaching, singing praises to God. <laughs> Amen. And and someone has said of how Paul's attitude in, when of servitude, when he was in prison for preaching, and, and, and really they didn't know if he was going to live or die, but he didn't care. <laughs> Amen. Someone, someone had put a hypothetical situation and said, someone probably said, where does Paul get this? What What's the secret of his joy and his peace under all of this pressure and persecution? And the answer came back, he's in love with Jesus. <laughs> what? He's in love with Jesus. And the man says, is that all? And the answer was, that's everything. You know, the scripture says that his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Hallelujah. Amen. If you ever fall in love with Jesus, you won't find it 
a burdensome thing to follow Him. Denying yourself will be an act of gratitude for the grace that He has so lavished upon you when He took your place and mine upon that cruel cross and stayed on it, not because nails were holding him on it, or Roman soldiers at the foot of it were there to make sure no one took him down. You know what he told Peter when he pulled a sword before he let them take him captive? Put up your sword. If my kingdom were of this world, I could call the armies of heaven to come and deliver me. But my kingdom is not of this world world. Praise God. This kingdom that we are in, dear friend, is not of this world. It doesn't match. It won't meld with the world. For the kingdom of God is not self-indulgence. It's not meat or drink. It's not just for the physical body or the material world. Hallelujah. But it's righteousness. It's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is the kingdom of God. And the Bible said that when we are saved, we are translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And not only that, but the kingdom of God is in us. Because the king of this kingdom has come to live within us. Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory, the earnest of our inheritance, the down payment on heaven. Praise God. Listen, this is a surrender that brings serenity. It brings in our heart peace with God and in our mind the peace of God today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I know Jesus today. Amen. Jesus is the sovereign Lord of all that was and is and is to come. And if that's impressive to you, try this on for size. His goal is a relationship with me and you. He will never leave me, never forsake me, Never mislead me, never forget me, never overlook me. He never fails to take my calls. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. When I face loss, He provides for me. When I face death, He carries me home. He is more than I ever wanted. He is better than I ever dreamed of. He is more beautiful than I ever imagined. He is more than I ever hoped for. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, and in every way. He is God. He is faithful. I am His. He is mine. My Father in heaven can whip the Father of this world. So if you're wondering why I feel so secure, understand this. He said it. And that settles it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. He said it, and that settles it. Have you, have you ever heard the term, God said it, that settles it, I believe it? Let me tell you something. We need to edit that, don't we? God said it. And the Bible said His Word is forever settled in 
heaven. Hallelujah. So God said it, that settles it, and when we believe it, amen, it becomes real and relevant to you and to me today. It's not our believing it that settles it, it's when God said it that it settles it. Praise God, and we need to believe it. Glory be to God. God, therefore, is in control. He's on my side, and I'm on his side. When I fall, he lifts me up. And when I fail and seek him through repentance, he forgives. When I'm weak, he is strong. And when I'm lost, he is the way. And when I'm afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I'm hurt, he heals me. When I'm broken, he mends me. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he's with me. When I face persecution, he shields me. And when I face problems, he comforts me. That means all is well with my soul. Every day is a blessing because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, dear friend, today I want to declare unto you by the authority of God's Word, God can heal your every pain. Whenever you want to talk, He's ready to listen. God can live anywhere in the universe, and yet He offers to live in your heart. Face it, friend, God is deeply, deeply in love with you. And for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him and in Him would not perish but have eternal life. And He offers that eternal life to you today if you will come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. If you who labor and are heavy laden will cast off the works of darkness and run to Jesus. Forsake your sin. That's called repentance. And confess your sin and ask for forgiveness and receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. This is an ancient path, but it leads to peace with God, through reconciliation to God, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus today. Run to Jesus today. Oh, friend, what He offers is beyond anything this world could ever offer you. And not only in this world He offers so much, but eternal life in the world to come. And Christian, today, we're at a crisis in America. We're at a turning point in the world. And many are being brought to the Valley of Decision. And here's what God is saying, because He doesn't change His dispensations and how He deals with man change, but He does not change. 
He said, I put two ways before you to ancient Israel. I put blessing and cursing, death and life. Choose life that you may live. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Today, we are at a crossroads. Let's choose blessing. Let's choose life. And let's live that life in the light of the soon coming of Jesus, walking on the King's highway.